imagine knowing full well that men and women you've served with are no longer here because they couldn't handle the struggle that they were dealing with and they've taken their own life and you start questioning, well, why am I still here? Or maybe how could I have helped this brother, this sister? Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another WOW podcast episode. We are here celebrating WOW 2024 Life and Business Conference that is happening February 17th. 2024 here in Dallas, Texas. And one of our speakers is with me today. We have Sundiata Trayvon Ferguson here with us, the one, the only. And I am super excited just to have you on the podcast and share a little bit of your story with our viewers. So I'll pass it over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you to you, Devin, and uh, your lovely sister, Miss Linda, for affording me the opportunity. I don't need to be here today, but to be on the platform for the conference, I'm super excited, super looking forward to it. Because I, I think what's going to happen in, at this conference, a lot of people's lives are going to change. And that, that includes the speakers that are yes. going to be there. Uh, and that's the beauty of the event. You guys have the courage to step out and, and put on a... So I'm excited to be uh, a part of that. Um, well, to, to share my story, I mean, simple one. I was born and raised in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I like to tell people we're the most southerly isles of the uh, islands of the Caribbean, closest to Venezuela. So if you ever want to kind of figure out where that is on a map, um, our gift to the world is the steel drums and mm. probably the world's greatest carnival. But um, born and raised there, migrated to the United States in December of '94, and um, then life kind of took an interesting turn because when I came to the United States. Uh, I initially had gotten accepted to Howard University. I came with, with the acceptance letter, everything. And then when I got here, um, my mom, <laughs> I love my mom, uh, God rest her soul. Um, we, we, we had some differences of opinion. Uh, one, my hair, uh, I had started growing dreadlocks and she, from a mother's perspective, her concern was that at that time in 1994, it still wasn't readily accepted. Uh, she was afraid of how it would affect opportunities for me in the future. So we, we, we butted heads. And then I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm too old to be, again, you know, as a teenager, you think you know what's best. Uh, I said, um, okay, I don't want to deal with my mom's rules, but then what's the, what's the, what direction do I go in? So I mm -hmm. figured one of the things I could do was pay back the American people for the opportunity to be here. So I went into the United States Army. Six months after, like literally six months to the day after I got here, I left New York, um, went to Lawton, Oklahoma. Wow, Midwest. Yes. Talk about a culture shock, going from Trinidad to New York to Oklahoma. Um, did basic training in Oklahoma. Um, did my initial training there, got stationed there. Um, spent a total of seven years in the United States Army. Um, unfortunately for me, just to kind of bring the story full circle, while on active duty, I suffered a traumatic brain injury. That traumatic brain injury results, resulted in a diagnosis of epilepsy, which I, which I live with today. Uh, I've dealt with um, suicidal ideations, uh, PTSD. I've dealt with uh, anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. and everything that comes with that. Um, but I, I would say this, that one of the reasons I'm excited for the WOW conference it's not, not only just an opportunity to share my story and, and share hope, but the WOW conference, that, that walk on water theory that you guys have, it's, 
it's an example of two things, grace and hope. And I think for me, my life is an example of that. Having, as a veteran, having dealt with all of that, having dealt with days when I felt like there was no longer any value. And just to kind of share with your audience, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a husband, uh, my beautiful wife, Pamela, we live here in, in Crandall, Texas. We just moved out to the country. I, I love saying we live, we, we live in the country because we do live in the country. Uh, but I love that. That's, that. That move was intentional for some mm -hmm. future plans that we have. Um, but I'm also a father of nine. Uh, I have five granddaughters. We have one more grandbaby that's going to be joining us here in March. So, so we're looking forward to that. But um, through all of that, there was this space of, of darkness. Mm. And, and as a, as a, and let me back up. I, I'd like to tell people, um, so I'm booked on the conference as a speaker, but I, I, I no longer define myself as a speaker. I, I tell people now I'm an optometrist. Uh -huh. And really what I mean by that is I take language and help you and other individuals see just who God is calling you to be, right? Um, so that. we're working on your, your vision, inner and outer vision. And so um, there was a period where I was truly, truly consumed with darkness, physical pain, mental pain, spiritual pain. Uh, when you're a combat vet and you've seen some of the things I've seen, it weighs heavy on you. And sometimes that that weight can separate you from God's grace. Because you, as a veteran, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'll, I'd like to say this to all my veteran brothers and sisters who may be struggling in some way, shape, or form, but to their families and to the men and women who, who put their life on the line for this country daily, oftentimes the struggle isn't just with the things you see. The struggle is also because of the ones you couldn't save. Mm. A lot of men and women who served in the military, myself included, we, we carry this survivor's guilt. What else could we have done to save those children over in, in Afghanistan or in Kuwait or wherever else they've, they've uh, Somalia or wherever else they've sent us? Or better yet, we come home and it's like, well, why can't we fix this? Why is this so broken in our own homeland? And, and oftentimes that weighs heavy on us because... Yeah. We've been trained and conditioned to be technically heroes. Yeah. And when when there's a problem that you can't solve, that that weighs on me. Imagine knowing full well that men and women you've served with are no longer here because they couldn't handle the struggle that they were dealing with, and they've taken their own life. And you start questioning, well, why am I still here? Or maybe, how could I have helped? this brother, this sister. So I've, I've dealt with a lot of darkness, but I guess the truth of the matter is this. The philosophy I live by now is this. You're never buried. You're always planted. The same dirt that buries is the same dirt that plants. So I used to look at things like, well, why am I living with epilepsy? Why? I, I did everything I would... I, it's human nature. I did everything right. I, I went mm. to college. I did what I was supposed to do. I, an upstanding citizen. I'm not doing anything. And the enemy has a way of making you feel that you're being punished for something or the other. Mm. But that's not how God's love works. That's not how God's power or grace works. Because it's in that dirt, that same darkness. That's where the miracles are. Think about this. When a woman's giving birth, that baby, the miracle of that life is created in darkness. Mm. It's not on the outside of the woman. When you plant a seed in the soil, before that 
plant breaks through the soil, there's something magical that has to happen mm. in the darkness before. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna dig even deeper, the resurrection. It's the same thing. It's a period of darkness that the Savior had to go through before the gift of reconnecting with God was give, given back to mankind. Mm. So that's why I say now I, I try to encourage people, regardless of what their faith walk is, that you're never, you're never buried. God is just planting you for a different season. And, and that's the philosophy I live by now. Every difficult situation, that's how I look at it, just being planted for, some, for another season. Wow. Well, this is this was an answer. Well, I can't wait to hear you speak at the Wild Conference. I feel like I just want to buy a ticket. I want to like become a guest, buy a ticket, and then sit in the front row and just watch you speak. Like this was amazing. Like everything that you just shared. I mean, I was, I was just really touched by everything you shared. I'm sure the viewers were as well. Um, you know, coming from a Caribbean, uh, a Caribbean background to you know this foreign land to then serve a foreign land right, to then have obstacles, the ups and the downs and the culture shock and um, the news where it's like, my life is gonna be different for the rest of my life. I mean, wow, it's just so powerful and that you're still standing here today, like, hey, I still have joy. I still have a message to share. And I want to really just let you know that whatever room you walk into, I mean, you light up a room. You know, thank you, thank you. and to go through what you've gone through, not everybody can say that they can, they still have that light. They still have that joy. What have you done, um, you know, through your daily life? Maybe it's like, you know, health and wellness. I don't know. Just tell us a little bit about how you preserve that joy that you have still going through all of the ups and downs of life. Wow. Um, I think if I'm going to be honest to you and your audience, the first thing is a submission. We, gotta, we, we all have to submit to a, a process. So, for example, I, I was in a space where I couldn't work. My, my wife was not only my caregiver, but she was the breadwinner. Can, think about that. For, I, any man that hears this and doesn't realize or understand what I'm saying, mm. it, you haven't grown into manhood yet because we are supposed to be provider and protector. You, you remove that role, whether men know it or not, you take away the, the provider and the protector. There's a spiritual thing that's lost in that. Like we were designed to be that by God, mm -hmm. right? Whether, and, and now people can deviate and disagree, but we were called to be that. And then life removes that from you. So the first thing that happens is your spirit starts spiraling into this place. And like I said, the darkness, then of course the, the physical components. And so I got to a point where I didn't want to be here anymore. And I, and I, I want to be transparent, but also humble for your audience. I, I, don't want to, I don't want it to seem like I'm easily talking about mental health struggles because trust me, three years ago, I couldn't have this conversation with anybody. but you asked me about the process. And so I'm, I'm saying to myself, I, there's no way my wife and children deserved for me to be this burden for them. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and every day I'm living this. And then on top of that, I'm having multiple seizures. So there's physical pain, there's the spiritual struggle, and then mentally I'm, you know, 
I'm not where a man is supposed to be at my age in this life based on, you know, the American dream and all of that. And, and here I am, every day I'm contemplating suicide or I'm thinking that the next seizure that I have could be the last one. And, but the beauty in all this, and this is important too, for family members, caregivers, everybody, through all of that, my wife stood in the fire with me. It's like the three Hebrew boys in the fire. Mm. And then the fourth one was there. She, she was my fourth one in terms of representation, right? Um, and she didn't give up. But the one thing that she did that I think that saved my life is that she challenged me to move out of that. She believed enough in me that, yes, I know this is where you are. I know this is how you're feeling. But if anybody can overcome this, it's you. And, and my wife is very quiet. She's very simple. She doesn't, she's not the rah-rah speech girl, but it's little simple things, simple things that she does and says. And so I submitted, okay, this, this is my life now, but it isn't over. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I have a responsibility to continue living. I'm still here, despite everything. So then I had to decide, okay, well then, what type of life do you want to live? So my wife and I, we started doing some research. We started looking for answers. Uh, I was blessed enough to be connected with a wonderful organization here in the DFW Metroplex called the Adaptive Training Foundation. You talked about, was it through health and fitness? They have a what I consider one of the best holistic programs for for healing. So it's a nine week, think about this. I'm having multiple seizures every day and it's nine weeks of intense physical exercise, three, t- three days a week. And basically the premise is whatever your pathology is, we have individuals like myself with a brain injury, um, veterans who are single leg amputees, people with spinal cord injuries. And we've all been told you can never do this again. You will never do this again. In my case, I used to play soccer. Doctor said, that's, that's done for you. Um, all the running, all the physical things you used to do before, that's over with. I walk into the gym and they're saying, oh, would you like to do a Spartan race? Are you familiar with Spartan, the obstacle race? Think about that. It's three miles of obstacles and mm. climbing and doing. And so that was an instance where this organization, they don't see people as broken or victims or anything. Just like God doesn't see us as victims or broken, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he still sees the complete being that he created, regardless of what's happening with the vessel, right? Because it's, it's not my fingers that are missing that are connected to God, it's the spirit. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what's happening, you know, I still, I still had to through that organization, buy into this process that, okay, all right, I got, I got more to give. And so I started through that program. Now, today, a big part of the healing is I hike. I pretty much walk at least three miles every day. Uh, that's my me time. That's my middle. So you, you walk this morning? Are this you going to walk tonight? No, I'm going to walk tonight. Ooh, okay. In the rain. Yeah, it's going to be raining tonight. Yeah, I'm going to walk tonight. Um, yeah, so at minimum... I, uh, like, because one of my goals is I, ha- I do it at minimum 10,000 steps a day, but so three miles is easy to do that. But I walk every day, even if I, 
And again, I tell, I share this with people because you don't necessarily have to go to the gym and do all the extra stuff, but movement. Again, mm. the creator of the universe is a creator of action. Like the universe, the, the world and, and the universe that we live in is all about act, action and movement. And we're connected to that in so many ways. So our bodies, and just to share with your audience as well, I'm also a, a licensed naturopath. So I, I am all about it, movement. I, I, and, and I encourage people, if all you did was just walk around the block, that would make a difference. So I do that. I walk every day. Movement is, um, now I will say this. I'll admit to your audience, my biggest flaw, my biggest weakness is sleep. I need to do much better with sleeping. But again, me being diligent over what I eat, I do drink at least a gallon of water every day without fail. That's non-negotiable, partly because the brain is the organ that uses the most water and oxygen to function. So. Yeah. And of course, having a neurological disorder, that's, uh, that's important. So, you know, I, I subscribe to movement. Um, one thing I do that I know irritates my wife is I wear headphones a lot. Um, and, and I'm sharing this because sometimes people may see things and they, they may not necessarily understand. So I wear noise-canceling headphones because it, it helps me keep the anxiety at bay. Mm. It, it kind of drives my wife a little crazy because it almost feels like I'm shutting the world off. But I'll be sitting in our living room watching TV, but I have headphones on. Just to, again, it's, it's, a, it's just my own little tool. Mm. You, you see what I'm saying? To help me navigate what I know is, is there. Um, I don't take any medication for my mental stuff. I don't, um, I don't know if I could say this, but I do use CBD. Uh, it's a holistic approach, um, and uh, it's the CBD oil extract from from the uh, cannabis plant. That's how I got my seizures under control. Mm -hmm. the, for me, I'm, I'm one of those people that the medication didn't work for. Mm -hmm. CBD did. Um, and so, you know, it, that holistic approach, but truth be told, though, it's also a big part of it is finding peace, mm -hmm. that peace that comes from, from only God. This. As a young man going through the military and living here in the United States, I think I carried around a lot of anger. Mm. Even that, I think, affected my health in a lot of ways. But I'm so at peace right now uh, with my life, with where things are, uh, the life that my wife and I are building, the vision we have for what we want to do going forward, but also the vision we have for how we as a family can not just create a legacy, but create impact, mm -hmm. which is another reason why I'm excited about the conference. Think about, imagine on the day of the conference, a thousand people show up, how many other people attend or whatever, and, and then every one of them leaves saying, wow, I can go be a better version of myself. Just think about that. Yeah. Exponentially, if a thousand people leave the conference and every one of them say, man, God has gifted me something, whether it's business or life, to go do something good with. Mm, mm -hmm. And if even if all we did was start right here in the Metroplex, you know what a ripple of That's hope mm -hmm. that we could create? Like, we literally could create this tsunami of hope that will affect change on a scale like we've never seen. Right, right. That's what I'm excited about for this one. Right. So we've touched a lot on, you know, the health part of it, the life part of it. Um, we've learned, you know, you're a father, you're a husband, 
right? You're a man of God. You're a grandfather. Pepe yes. being born in March, a grand, another granddaughter. We're super excited about that. And uh, you talked a little bit about just health and wellness. You're doing Spartan races, things of that nature to stay, you know, healthy. So let's backtrack because okay. I learned something about you earlier today that was super interesting. You went to school originally for engineering. Yes. Talk to us about that and kind of lead us through like career-wise. I know we were in the military, <laughs> but like right. this was... I knew military engineering, like, and then you said architect architecture is hard. That's a lot of math. I'm not good at math. So I need to learn. I need I'm yes. pass it over to you. Tell us. Come so let, let me let me take this this whole storyline back to so when I was 16, um, and you would know this because our school system in the Caribbean is a little bit different. At at 14. We, we somewhat decide the career path that mm -hmm. we're going to be on. And then uh, the last two years of high school is predicated on that. Yeah. Um, I had a, a natural gifted when it comes to spatial awareness. Mm -hmm. So some people have that artistic gift. Like my younger sister, she can draw people's faces and stuff. I could, mm -hmm. That wasn't my strong suit. My strong suit was taking lines and creating, you know, big picture. So architecture was something I fell in love with. Um, so at 16, I decided, okay, I wanted to, <laughs> I had the most eclectic, I want to be when I grow up kind of list. So I wanted to be an architect, but I also wanted to be a businessman. <laughs> and part of me wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was, it was a, a weird dynamic. Wow. So, so I would say this, as a licensed naturopath, the, the health part is there. Um, I have my degrees in engineering design with a concentration in architecture. So that's, um, <laughs> that, that's there. And then, of course, the entrepreneurial side, which is, as you know, uh, my wife and I both own our own businesses. But I also work, too. I work for uh, Spartan. Which is interesting, right? Oh, I, wow. Yeah, so I, you have to talk to you. I, I yes, I, I, I participate in the races, but I actually work for the company as oh, well. Wow, awesome. um, and from a career standpoint, again, that is a big deal for me. Because remember I said there was a point, a stretch in this journey with my wife where she was the caregiver and the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. So for me now being able to turn that dynamic around again and people always that that's interesting because people say to me the health like man you live you have epilepsy why are you doing all this stuff you work you're running a business you're doing all that but again as men we're called to be examples and and, and to be servants yeah. in whatever capacity god has assigned us to be so for me um i love what i do with spartan because i utilize running my Spartan races to raise awareness for veteran struggles um, as an advocate for the things that veterans need, but then owning my own business. Truth is, while America is not perfect, people are not rushing to move to England. There's a reason people are coming to the United States that whether, whether we believe in it still or not, that American dream matters to somebody somewhere. Uh, my my mom came here to create opportunity for my sisters and I, and so part of that is me building what I'm building now with my own business, um, with this long term view of um, 
our, our heart project that my wife and I have, part of the reason we moved to the country, uh, for me especially, uh, is to start a therapeutic farming program for veterans. Oh. So that's you know, that's that's the vision. Yeah, that's the vision. Um, but you know, and and to be in a conference where we're going to be talking about business and life, that's that's a holistic way to approach things, right? Because both both affect each other. If you're unhealthy physically, can't operate a business successfully. That's just a reality check. Mm-hmm. Some people might not want to hear that, but then the truth is you can't go so far to the right with working, 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 working with your business that you don't take care of your health because you won't be there to see the fruits. Right. Right. But then mm-hmm. you can't be so health conscious that you don't do any work in the business and then the vision never grows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Like a perfect balance. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, here's one of my biggest fears. I fear that on my day of judgment, when I cross over to that next phase in this this journey into the eternal and God is talking to me and he said, hey, I gave you this gift, this gift, this gift, and this gift, and I gave you this assignment. I am afraid to go back and say to the creator, but I didn't do anything with it. Mm. So my philosophy is I want to live fully and build this, this, this vision that he's given me as big as I can. Mm. And Dr. Miles Monroe. Oh. It's a Caribbean so Because you know you're a Caribbean brother. Okay. Get checked. So with that, Dr. Miles Monroe, he's from the Bahamas. Yes. You had the shameless look there. He's the best. The he's the best. Back there is, you know, laughing. I'm a Ziegler fan, but man, I love Dr. Miles Monroe. Yeah. Most people love Bahamians. I'm Bahamian, by the way. Anyway, so Dr. Miles Monroe, he said... Um, that the wealthiest place on earth is the graveyard. graveyard. Yeah. And so it's just really interesting that you said that because that kind of ties in with you don't want to be a part of that graveyard where, you know, yeah. it's like dreams are dead yeah. there. You know, you he also said live full, dead. die empty. Yep. And I, I I I can almost guarantee that man when he transitioned, he was empty. With all the books he wrote, all the seminars he gave, all the lectures he gave, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure he went back to his maker empty. Um, and man, I'm glad you brought up Doctor Monroe because you know my favorite thing from him is purpose, the original intent. Mm. What is the original intent? And even in when I when I talk to my audiences, that's a that's a question I like to leave them with. Like, what's the original intent for us being here? Yep, that's it's service. I mean, what's, what the carpenter in Galilee say? He said, that he who among you that will be great, go serve. Mm. Yeah, which is, again, which is why I think this conference will, I, I promise you, the speakers and the audience are going to be really blessed by this conference this year. I just, I see it. I feel it. Even my interactions with some of the speakers that I've met so far, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. So I'm inviting. Make sure, make sure you get your tickets now. They're going. Seats are going fast. So make yes. sure you get it. There's a right whole trip now. on section. Yes. <laughs> In aisle A three. No, just kidding. Yes. No, but thank you. And so I'm, I want to leave the audience with this. And so I'm gonna ask you one last question. Um, so to live the wow life, you know, wow stands for walk on water. Testament to Peter. Right? He had to get out of the boat, walk towards Jesus, and. How that same faith that he had to 
have to do that resonates with any assignment that God has for us. You know, sometimes that's hard to do, right? Because yeah. not everything looks, you can't always see the end result. Like you can't see it. And I think God intends it to be that way sometimes because he wants you to have faith and trust him because he, again, is the alpha, the omega, beginning again, in the end. He has every intricate detail. He knows everything at the end of the tunnel. But sometimes as humans, I feel like it's hard for us, you right. know? to not know what the end result is. So embracing the journey is the theme of the conference this year. And um, what advice do you have for anybody watching when it comes to the theme of embracing the journey? I would say, let's, let's bring back that line from Dr. Miles Monroe. Purpose is the original intent. Mm -hmm. Every one of us has an assignment. Mm. Whether we see it, know it or understand it. We're not here by accident just to make up numbers in the human fabric of time. There's a purpose, there's a reason why we're here, whatever season we come through. And in that, in order for us to truly live full and die empty, we do have to embrace whatever that, that is. The problem I think most people run into is people say to me, well, Sadiata, Trevon, I don't know what my purpose is. Understandable. Here's what I'll tell you. God didn't give you an assignment without the gift to fulfill it. We all have a gift. Now, if you can identify your gift, you'll get the answer to what your purpose is. And then embracing the journey then becomes that much sweeter. Mm. I'm at peace because when I was younger, yes, I wanted to be a doctor, an architect, and all this stuff. Do you know what my gifting was? Words. The ability to write, craft uh, messages. I still talk to one of my uh, favorite teachers. She was my social studies teacher. She always, she, she always tells me, man, you always had a way to take, to take words and create messages. Mm -hmm. And so I started asking this question. What if that ability to create those messages is really my work to create inspiration, to be a source of hope, to be a light in the darkness for people, starting with myself. Like I had to utilize those same words with the conversations I had with myself, but also with God, right? Because the truth is, he says, if you come to me, whether you're heavy laden, he'll give you rest, he'll give mm -hmm. you answers. So for me, it's walking in your gifting. You embrace the journey by taking ownership of whatever that gift is. Right? You, and, you and your partner have a gift for for bringing people's brands alive. Think about that. Mm. I've been given this gift of, of touching people's lives through, through speech and writing. And then I get to work with two individuals who can see that anointing and see that, see, see, see the purpose and the work in it. And then you guys are gifted enough to bring that to another level. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's a symbiotic service where God has given you all the assignment to be able to see another person's vision and expand it because you guys are both believers. Mm -hmm. So you're looking through his lens. What is, what is the assignment God is calling Sidney to do? He's not just calling me to be a speaker. Anybody can be a speaker. You take two courses and you could be a speaker, mm -hmm. but he's calling me to create impact. Right. And the fact that you two through a platform like WOW, through a platform like the conference, you're affording 
individuals like myself to bring forth that that assignment it's no accident mm. it's not an accident so again i i thank you and linda for the opportunity to be on the platform it's gonna be great it's gonna be phenomenal we thank you because you've just been amazing ever since we met you and we cannot wait for you to share your message live at the WOW Conference, guys, February 17th, 12 to 7 p.m. here in Dallas, Texas. Like he said, seats are limited and it is selling fast, so make sure to get your ticket. And we look forward to seeing you there. And thank you so much, Trayvon, for thank being you. on the show today. And I look forward to seeing you February 17th. Yes, it's going to be amazing. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you.